0: Welcome to VR in Education. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of VR and education. In today's episode, we're focusing in on peripheral devices that might heighten or even enhance the sense of realism for a VR experience. Really well-designed VR scenes already trick our brain into a sense of presence and embodiment just through visual photorealism. But what if we could add other senses to our experiences besides just what we see and what we hear some tech enthusiasts believe that high quality haptic feedback is a missing link between reality and 3d spatial experiences so today on the show we have guido Giosso and giovanni spagnoletti they're the two founders of Wirt, a company that's designing high quality haptic devices for the VR and 3D spatial experiences.
1: Welcome to the show, Giovanni and Guido. Hi, hi everyone, and hi Craig, thank you for inviting us.
0: I always like to start with the origin story and what got you guys interested in VR in the first place?
1: Okay. So, I can tell you a little bit of the story where we started from, um where we come from in terms of um um development application and uh, and so on. So basically, uh, me and Giovanni we met uh during our PhD in robotics in a robotics and automation lab that is uh the lab of the University of Siena here in Italy. Um that is um a, a lab that is a little bit small, let's say, but it's well known in the, in the community of robotic and optics because it's really human centered. So for us, VR and AR were something really, you know, something that we were working on every day because in the lab, uh, being focused on novel forms of, um, uh, human experiences with digital contents. We started with the very first version of the Oculus SDK one, just to, just to tell you something uh, of the beginning. So for us, these kind of tools were really everyday tools uh, to develop novel applications. Let's say, novel form of fruition of digital contents that were immersive and human centered, and in particular um our lab um during during our research activity was well recognized by the community to be highly focused on something about the human being that is human hands so we started from um the knowledge the stu- the, the deep study of human hands as um as the main tool that we have to interact with our sur- surrounding environment so starting from this deep knowledge of the the human hands. Uh, Then we moved to the application of this knowledge to robotics. So we started designing novel uh, algorithms to control robotic hands, but also developing novel wearable devices that could be worn by the user, can interact with the skin of the user that were designed at the beginning in to to be integrated into applications that are relevant for research, like teleoperation or robot and so on. But suddenly we saw a lot of potentials of these kind of devices to VRAR um, VRAR applications, and and so we started developing these prototypes that were again wearable prototypes, like rings, thimbles, gloves that can be integrated into a VRAR application scenario to had a tactile layer to this scenario. So suddenly we saw a lot of potential in this technology and also we saw a future need of VR, AR market. And when I say future, I say something we were seeing, we were seeing in, 2000, uh, in 2010, 2011, so something like that, uh, 10 years ago. Uh, Seeing that in this kind of scenario, the next way to interact with the digital content surrounding the human being would be not only the controllers and the standard peripherals, but something more natural for the human being. Something that can be worn and can allow a natural interaction with objects and surfaces, providing feedback, providing haptic sensations during this kind of interaction. So we moved from prototypes to Products, let's say, building a company out of this idea uh, that is We Art, where we are to get today, and uh, and the idea is exactly this: uh, transforming this prototype into product and bring them to the VRAR market for this kind of purposes to innovate the way people interact with the digital surrounding contents.
0: You know, just to give some new listeners a bit of context, many. VR controllers already have a little haptic motor inside the controllers and it might give them, depending on what they're doing in a VR experience, a simple little buzz as they maybe hit something or pick something up. And additionally, there are other VR haptic devices out there that are quite large like the Sensa glove and another one that I looked at which was called haptic x let's talk about your products you have two one is uh you know coming onto the market but the one that I really want to focus in on is what you call the touch driver tell me how the touch driver you know kind of looks because this is just an audio podcast as well as you know give a sense for the listeners on you know how it operates compared to these other things I mentioned.
2: Okay, so the the TouchDiver uh, that is our first product is on the market from September 2021. And it's a product that has been developed after years of research studies, like Guido was uh, uh, before explaining, and uh, which the main aim was to exploit just cutaneous stimuli for rendering optic feedback. So our interface, that's not apply forces on our kinesthetic structure of the end and we provide cutaneous feedback that combined uh, through the vis that thanks to the combination with the visual feedback will trick our brain so in the important aspect about the touch diver is that uh, it's uh, an interface that combined in the same point three different haptic stimuli So there is a colocalization of the stimuli like it happened during the real interaction. In particular, we combine cutaneous force feedback to reproduce the softness of a material, and high fidelity vibration to render different surface roughnesses, and thermal cues, both warm and cold sensation, to enable material discrimination. So feeling the coldness of a metal surface, for example, respect to another one, that is made of plastic so together with the high realistic haptic feedback the touch divers also solve one of the main problem of the haptic gloves that is make unusable camera based hand tracking to the modification of the natural hand shape so thanks to our onboard sensor we are able to make available through our sdk the value of the finger closing enable also an accurate finger tracking. So the interface is composed by a control unit that is usually uh, placed on the wrist or on the palm of the hand. And then we have three timbles that contains our actuation core that is the combination of these three kinds of haptic feedback.
0: The feedback that the glove might give your fingers can be dialed up and down, is that correct? So how much sort of force it pushes back?
2: Yes, in terms of force feedback from the cutaneous force that we can reach up to seven Newton of force with a resolution 0.02 Newtons. We have a thermal feedback that goes from 18 to 42 degrees. This is also for safety reasons. And then we have a high bandwidth resolution in terms of vibrations that will give you uh, a very different sensation while touching uh, surfaces with different roughness. So it's not a precise um, frequency, but it's a wide range of frequencies that goes from 50 up to 400 hertz in bandwidth. I really
0: invite the listeners to this podcast to have a look at your guys' website because when i looked at what the visual uh, representation of the touch driver is i was quite impressed it's not a big heavy bulky unit from my understanding when i looked on the website it's uh almost like plastic rings that go around some of the fingers is that correct
2: yes, uh, yes absolutely you are right we worked a lot in this uh uh in this direction so we try to do our best to have the lighter in terms of wearability, uh, the lighter interface, but having inside uh, the best haptic feedback that we can provide in a so small form factor.
0: Mm, and probably drives down cost as well.
2: That's another uh, important aspect. Actually, the most important costs related to the interface are the actuators of course to have high performances you need to integrate actuators that uh, have higher costs and so that's why even if we try to to keep the complexity of the interface at this stage with this kind of level that you can see on the images uh, even if you guys
0: recently we're at AWE, tell me some in uh, California, uh, tell me some highlights and some things you learned when you showcased your product there at that big event.
1: Yeah, yeah, we were to, to AWE and it was the first time we went to present our, our technology and, and in particular the TouchDiver to a live event um, in U.S., First of all, you can imagine how, how important it is for us, for a haptic company to participate to live events, <laughs> because the worst thing of haptic is that you can't uh, explain it without let, it, let people test it. So for us, being in a, in a big event like that was really important because it's Probably the most important event in VRAR, so we met a lot of companies, and we got a lot, a lot of interest um, after after the physical demo, the, the hands-on demo that we let people try. So, just some general impressions, let's say about the event. Uh, there is an increasing interest from industries toward VRAR. Maybe the pandemic was uh, something that accelerated this process. Uh, but we really got a lot of, uh, we, we see that, that the industry is growing really fastly and, um, and interest in general, uh, toward this application is, is growing fastly. Um, what we saw, for instance, is that, um, again, to be a little bit general, our impressions about the, 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 the way the market is evolving is that, uh, the, the, the border between VR and AR will be, uh, always thinner. So we are st- start seeing a lot of, uh, headsets and, uh, and tools that, that combine VR and the AR applications in the same scenario, in the same application, in the same device. And this for me will help a lot in, um, in, in spreading these kind of applications, um, because, because people will feel more comfortable with something that can let you enter in a completely digital world, but also exit and come back to the real world just with a click. So this is just uh, my impression about, let's say, the global evolution of market, of technology and market. Uh, in terms of what we observed in a, at our booth, uh, it was great. We, we, we got a lot of interest, a lot of success, I can say, um, a lot of mm, people from companies, but also influencers, a lot of uh, attendees that uh, mentioned our demo, our device, as one of the most impressive demo they tried at the event uh, because it's quite new for people to let in enter into a VR environment and start touching and grasping things in general. And then people observed a lot of the things that you were saying before, and Giovanni was saying before, about the, the fact that the device is so compact and people can't really you know, understand how we can combine the three sensations just with a bracelet and three symbols, without having big structures and so on. Um, the nice thing in general that we observed is that we were not alone. So there were a lot of a lot. I mean, like four or five uh, boots of uh, companies doing haptics, and for us this is really a good a good sign because it means that um, the the community of haptics is growing. The interest of the market is growing toward novel forms of interaction, novel devices that allow physical interaction with virtual uh, contents and um, and for us it's really a good sign because uh, we know the market is going in that direction we will get soon we will get rid of standard controllers and so on and uh, and and there is a you know a a growing um, interest in these novel wearable form wearable devices wearable tools that provide different kind of optic feedback starting from tracking devices, providing simple feedback, exoskeletons providing, um, providing, let's say, uh, heavier or more important feedback. And, and we is a little bit a, a trade off between this because it's lightweight, but we provide, you know, forces, vibrations and thermal feedback. So in general, the, 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 the feedback was, was really good and we, will, we are quite sure we will participate to the other editions of the event because we found uh, it really relevant both for you know, um, having feedback from the market, knowing people and also competitors, because it's important, and also for the commercial and marketing activity, of course.
0: Can you give me an example, like a specific use case of how some of the people coming to your booth, whether it's in medical or yeah. even uh, enterprise commercial sales or education, how do you envision people using the haptic device? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, we have, we had, we are having a lot of interesting, um, discussions about the the, integrate with a lot of customers in different fields within about the integration of touchdiver. For instance, if we talk about education and training, um, I can tell you that maybe the first customer we had at the beginning of the, of our story was a big company in medical field. Medical field, medical training is one of the most promising scenarios where we can integrate the touch diver. In particular, also at the AWE, we had a conversation with uh, one of the most relevant, important uh, surgeons that that are uh, influencers and are promoting the adoption of VR, AR for training purposes. Because in uh, in medical field, when you want to train, for instance, for surgical training, uh, there are basically two options. Either you train surgeons on cadavers, but cadaver labs are, are not so many and are really expensive way to train people, or you use VR AR tools. But what happens in, in reality is that surgeons in the, in the surgical room really use touch to um, orient themselves during the, during the operation. So um, during a training uh, in, a, in a simulated surgical room, users must be able to feel what they are doing, to feel the tissues of a patient. And we can give you this possibility because the touch diver being able to provide forces textures and also thermal feedback in this case this is really important because you can give to the to the trainer uh the um, sensation of having a or, or, or establishing the contact with the, with the skin, with the muscle, with the fat, or with the bone, or or of the simulated patient during a particular operation, and also the temperature, the thermal feedback is also important, not only for surgical but also for training for um, nurses, for instance. Uh, and this is just one example because this is what what it's related for uh, with medical field, but also in industrial training we have a lot of interest because. Uh, sometimes there are uh, operations uh, during uh, during a particular, for instance, assembly operation or interaction with a simulated machine, uh, where you need to know. Uh, which kind of forces you need to apply to 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 interact with with a with a part of the of the plant, for instance, or in oil and gas, a lot of customer or, or customers, yeah, of uh, attendees at AWE, but also they 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 start becoming customers now, um, are interested in interacting the touch diver for um, oil and gas applications. So maybe sometimes during the training you need to understand to know that a part of the plant is hot. Because it happens. And the touch diver can give you the sensation of touching a hot uh, tube, a hot part of the um or part of the plant, uh, not with the visual feedback, but with the real feedback on your skin. Uh, and these are applications, but this can apply to a lot of fields. If we talk about education in general, uh, our first interactions were with research centers, because of course we started from, <laughs> from the academic background. So we started integrating our solutions into applications designed by research centers for uh, their students by universities for their students and really the haptic devices that we provide represent a novel way to engage students during the learning Of an experience let's say or um, something like uh, not not only in immersive scenarios but also uh, while watching a video having synchronized haptic feedback is proven to increase the memorability of that experience of like something like 70 percent something really impressive in terms of user engagement and this is also a new creative tools that teachers can have to to design novel experiences to design novel forms of of teaching that are more engaging, immersive and realistic for them.
0: From a developer's perspective. So, you know, we're thinking about the peripheral device, but how hard is it to change a VR experience? Let's just keep it simple and say, I have a bunch of spheres. Maybe I have a cube in the VR environment right now without a haptic device. Yeah. I can I can maybe pick up the sphere or the cube, but for your haptic de- device to work and interact with these 3D shapes, is there an extra sort of layer of programming and development that needs to happen on these 3D shapes in order for it then to interact with the haptics?
1: Exactly, but it's really, really simple because what we developed uh, together with the hardware is a software layer that is really friendly for the developers. The example that you given is perfect because it actually is one of the demos that we provide in the SDK and there's a bunch of cubes and spheres in front of the developer. What you can do is just to uh, import our plugin, and the plugin is written for Unity, Unreal Engine, but also proprietary engines. You can you can use our low-level API. But if we talk about Unity and Unreal, for instance, the, term, the, mo- the commonly used platforms, you can just uh, import our plugin, select one of those sphere or, the, or those cubes, and assign them tactile properties. What does it mean? I import the plugin, and I set three properties for the object. One, the stiffness. So is it soft or hard? And this is a number. And you can just set it with a slider, a slider that we provide on the the inspector, let's say, of the scene. So just something really simple. You don't need to write any single line of code to integrate the touch diver. It's not like coding, it's like it's a little bit of programming, but it's really simple. It's ju- like changing the color of an object. In the same way, we change the tactile properties of that object, and you do it for the stiffness uh, that, that, that tells you if the object is stiff or hard, so the difference between a table and a sponge, and this is something that affects the force feedback. Um, in the same way, you set the temperature of that object. You can say, okay, it is room temperature, it's not relevant for the temperature, or you can say it's cold and you can select, okay, 18 degrees is the minimum temperature, but you can have uh, minimum is 18, maximum is 42 degrees. And then you have all the, you know, uh, the temperatures in between. And again, this operation, it's really simple. Again, we have another slider that, that sets the temperature of that object. Plus you can tell to the scene, okay, to the, to the, to the software. Okay. That object is a wooden object, plastic object, metal object in terms of textures. Uh, How do you do it? You just select it from a library that we provide. We provide 25 textures uh, that are starting texture, like including again wooden, plastic, metal, stone, and so on. And then you say, okay, this sphere is a wooden one. Okay. You select the wood, but then each item of this, of this, uh, uh, each item of this library can be further customized using again parameters that can change the roughness of the texture so you can have different kind of woods, different kind of plastic one is smoother the other is rough is more rough and so on changing the friction and this is something that you can really do in an easy way just changing again as, as changing the visual properties you change the tactile properties you feel it with the touch diver and then when it's okay you you, you run your experience that's it it's really simple. And you get it when you get to the device. You get the, the, this SDK, this, this software, um, together with the device, with a, with a perpetual license, and you can start integrating. Of course, WeArt is providing also support to developers. Um, to, because it's in our interest that the augmentation, the tactile augmentation is done in the, in the best possible way. But it's really simple. we got a lot of customers buying the device and not calling us, <laughs> just starting with the software and enjoying themselves in creating new experiences.
0: Guido, I've been doing a lot of reading on how to make learning or experiences more memorable for people. And one of the big ones, which you've already alluded to, is to make sure that the person has some sort of emotional trigger,
2: yeah,
0: adding the feel of the texture of an object or adding like the tactile feedback. I'm sure there's already tons of research to say that emotional sort of trigger is going to make people remember what happened way more than say, uh, VR right now where there is, Almost no feedback when you grab an object. Mm -hmm. Do you know of any research right now that talks a lot about that emotional trigger and whether people remember it more when they get that huge sort of buzz that, oh my gosh, I just felt this or that gave me a temperature feedback?
1: yeah yeah we started from research that actually are not carried on on VRAR, but on uh, real experiences mm. um, studying the perception uh, behavior of of users in, when interacting with real objects and what we what we, what they found and what is written in this kind of research is that when they interact with objects only from the visual point point of view just with visual feedback and then the same the same set of objects is prompted to another group of users, but also uh, letting them touch these objects, the memorability of the experience is higher. So this happens in reality. When we interact with an object, this is also true uh, for um, when we buy an object. Establishing um, a physical contact with a product is something that makes the product more or less already ours. No? So, um, establishing a physical contact makes the experience more memorable. And this is true in reality. And the same applies for digital experiences, VR. F- experiences in VR or AR, of course, in which you can see that uh, that's uh, prompting the objects only from the visual point of view, OK, is, is something, is, is, is giving a, a level of, uh, of memorability of, ex- of experiences. But when touching it, really the engagement and also the emotional engagement of the user helps in making the learning, the, the, the experience more memorable, making the learning process even uh, shorter this is also there is also something something else about the haptic feedback in these processes not not related with the emotional sphere but it's interesting because uh in general when we train some some when we train people uh, on a procedure and we only only rely on visual and auditory feedback we are in some way overloading the visual and auditory channel what we do in, uh, including haptic feedback is to use a third channel that is commonly not used which is our skin to, 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 com- to participate in this learning experience so we can in some way unload the visual channel and start mm, providing information through another channel which is the skin and so this makes more, the experience more comfortable more compelling and uh, shortening the learning time
0: mm, Fascinating What's next for WIRT? What are your goals in the next three months or then the next six months or maybe even in the next year?
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the question. So at the moment, what we are uh, focusing is on the, um, let's say, exploitation of the capabilities of the devices in different fields, in different applications. We are focusing on uh, training um, uh, for medical uh, industrial fields, but also another field which is, I think it's really interesting to to mention here, which is uh, the novel forms of perception of um, uh, contents like pieces of art in a new way because what we are doing, for instance, now is to work with the schools and also museums to give to users a new way to perceive a piece of art. And this is also very relevant for accessibilities because you can see uh, how how the potential is for blind people to um, or, or visually impaired people to interact in a new way with a, with a piece of art that is not perceivable by, by typically not perceivable because can't be touched in a museum. In this way, you can give to the user the digital um, twin of that piece of art and let people touch it uh, in a digital way. These are the applications where we are focusing on today um, and this is what we will do in the next months so exploiting uh, relationships commercial and and partnership with the, with the Companies that are developing this kind of applications for training and so on, but not only um, in the in the next months we will we are focusing on the, on releasing novel software features for our platform so making the augmentation of of scenes even more easy and uh, and fast and also improving the features of the of the device that for the next six months will not change from the hardware point of view will change from the software point of view making the the integration. Uh, easier and easier. In if we look a little bit um, in the uh, not, not in the next months, but in the next years, we are already working on the second generation of devices that we will release um, hopefully at the beginning of 2024. And we will have uh, another generation of touch diver, let's say, that will be even um, lighter for the user, keeping the same capabilities from the haptics point of view, but there, but being more uh, light in terms of physical weight, let's say, so less. I mean, reduced volume, reduced weight, reduced encumbrance on the on the human hand, but also lighter in terms of experience. So, developing devices that are plug and play and can be really integrated in any kind of experience, because we strongly believe that in the next two years this will be the new standard for for interaction with with digital contents.
0: Guido, that is so interesting. I want to thank you guys because like I said, I think VR is growing exponentially, you know, thanks to a lot of buzz and hype over the word metaverse. More and more companies are finally leaning into looking at 3D digital experiences. And so for you guys to jump into the game and start to offer a relatively uh, affordable device like this that provides such rich feedback is a a game changer I think so thank you so much for uh, jumping into this space if people want to get a hold of you
1: how can they do that sorry uh, if they want to
0: get a hold of you if they want to get in contact with you guys
1: oh ah, yeah yeah we have uh you can contact us through our website or linkedin um all the social media <laughs> we are everywhere let's say so it's really easy uh as i was saying before uh haftix is is really amazing but to, to understand it you need to try it so uh one thing i can mention uh, is that if you contact us and you are interested in getting your hands uh, on the touch diver, it's really easy we have a test program, let's say, so we can provide device for a limited period of time just to have a test of it and start seeing how it works, trying our demos and trying the integration of the device in the in, in your project in a really easy and affordable way. Uh, so if you are interested, we you can contact us and we will reply in a few hours.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show and good luck with uh, all the things <laughs> that you guys have on the go in the future.
1: Thank you very much it was really really a pleasure and really I mean we are fan of you <laughs> thank you
0: bye for now bye